Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. 90 a.m. Hello and welcome to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. For Friday, August 20th, 2021, I'm your host, Drew Watson, private wealth advisor with Align, and I'm coming to you this week from our offices in the Derby City, Louisville, Kentucky. And it's been kind of an up and down week, more down than up so far. Uh, Thursday was a mixed bag with the futures pointing to a heavy, heavy dose of negative uh, news uh, to start the day. But the NASDAQ and S&P rallied to be positive. The Dow ended up trimming its losses to be down uh, just about 66 points in Thursday's action. Uh, If you've been watching, you know uh, the last week, week and a half, we've had more down days than up, and it does appear that uh, some market watchers are looking at a more risk-off appetite, especially for stocks. Interest rates have uh, come in a little bit. The 10-year on Thursday went out at 1.24%. Please remember, at the highs of the year, the 10-year Treasury rate was over 1.7 in the early days of spring. So what's happening elsewhere? In the commodity space, most uh, commodities were down a couple percentage points yesterday. Corn, soybeans, and wheat. Uh, Our old favorite commodity, uh, lumber. Uh, You are lumber one, and it was uh, down around... uh, in the 460s through most of, uh, enclosed at 454.20, down another almost 3% in Thursday's action. What's the market digesting? Well, we're going to get into the Afghanistan effect in our next segment, but primarily what the market is digesting is news by the Fed that at some point, more than likely, maybe at the beginning of next year, they will slow down their purchases of bonds. Uh, Right now, they're purchasing about $120 billion a month. Uh, They've signaled in their minutes that they are open to start slowing that purchase down, and that would probably put interest rate increases on the table maybe now for 2023. Unemployment news was a little bit better um, reported this week than last, but we still uh, are going to see what's happening once the additional unemployment benefits are uh, are cut uh, next month, uh, maybe maybe this week's news on the unemployment uh, would presage uh, people getting out and looking for work uh, as summer comes to an end and we get ready to get into the fall season and then sharply into the holiday season. The other disappointing report this week was with retail sales. Uh, they fell pretty much across the board. Uh, this was led by uh, big-time declines in the sales of uh, both new and used automobiles. And this broadcaster thinks uh, car companies may be having to incentivize some sales eventually because, remember, there's a lot of 2021 models that are still yet to get their microchips and are setting out there, and 2022 models uh, are on the way. News uh, midweek was that uh, Toyota was looking at uh, suspending production, actually, in a couple plants because of that issue and with regards to the fact that they are still having um, big problems getting microchips in um, for their vehicles. So we've had another mixed bag this week in the markets. The Dow more down than up. Uh, S&P and NASDAQ hanging in there. We'll see what the, happens. And if you're in Owensboro, the Hydro Fairs this week and also opening day for high school football when the Devils take on the Tigers of St. X at Historic Rash Stadium. 
You're listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Lion Wealth Management, and we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. In our second segment of the show, which we're going to take a deeper dive on the big news of this week, which has had to do with what's going on in Afghanistan and what we should be watching from the standpoint of your investment portfolio. This information is provided by the great folks at BCA. And I'll kind of do a rundown of, of what kind of the pros are, are watching for. Let's look at the highlights first. The chaotic U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan is symbolic. The U.S. is conducting a strategic pivot to Asia and the Asian Pacific region to confront China. The U.S. and Iran negotiations are the linchpin of this pivot. If they fail, war risk will revive in the Middle East and the U.S. will remain entangled in the region. At the moment, there is no deal, so investors should brace for a geopolitical risk premium in oil prices. That is, as long as the global demand holds up despite COVID-19 and as long as the OPEC 2.0 group cartel remains disciplined. BCA thinks they will in the short run. The U.S. and Iran still have fundamental reasons to agree to a deal. If they do, the U.S. will regain global room for maneuver while China's and Russia's window of opportunity will close in that region. The implication is that markets face near-term oil supply risk and long-term geopolitical risk due to great power rivalry in Eastern Europe and in East Asia. Events in Afghanistan have little macroeconomic significance, but the geopolitical changes underway are profound and should be viewed through the lens of what BCA considers their key view for 2021, and that is the U.S. strategic pivot to the Asia-Pacific region. As we go to press, and, and as I stated this, the Taliban has reconquered almost all of Afghanistan, including the capital of Kabul. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen the chaotic scenes of people trying to flee the airport. And if you're old enough, this definitely brings back uh, memories of the 1979 um, U.S. evacuation of Saigon. And over the past decade, BCA has chronicled the U.S.'s efforts to disentangle itself from wars of choice in the Middle East and South Asia. In accordance with U.S. grand strategy, Washington is refocusing its attention on its rivalries with Russia and especially China, the only power capable of supplanting the U.S. as a global leader. The U.S. has struggled to conduct this pivot to Asia over the past decade, but the underlying trajectory is clear. 
While trying to manage its strategic interest in the Middle East through naval power, the U.S. will need to devote greater resources and attention to shoring up its economic and military ties in Asia-Pacific. The Middle East still plays a critical role, notably through China's energy import needs, but primarily via the Persian Gulf. Thus, the critical geopolitical risks today stem from Iran and the Middle East on one hand and China on the other. They do not stem from the U.S.'s belated and messy exit from Afghanistan, which has limited market relevance outside of South Asia. First, and I think what's most important, let's take a look at how this will potentially impact political situation in the U.S. American popular opinion has long turned against the forever wars, quote-unquote, in Iraq and Afghanistan, which cumulatively have cost the U.S. taxpayers $6.4 trillion and cost the lives of 7,000 American servicemen and women. Three presidents, two from from two political parties campaigned and won elections on the basis of winding down these wars. The only presidential candidate since Republicans George W. Bush and John McCain, who took a hawkish stance for persistent military engagement, was Hillary Clinton, and she narrowly lost the Democratic nomination and did lose the general election to President Trump, who had reversed his party's stance to advocate strategic withdrawal. War hawks have been sidelined in both parties. This is notable, even if it were not the case, that the current President Biden, whose son Bo fought in Afghanistan, had opposed the troop surge there under President Obama. True, Biden will use drones, surgical stripes, and limited troop rotations to manage the aftermath in Afghanistan, both militarily and politically. Americans are still concerned about terrorism in general, and any sign of a resurgent terrorist threat to the U.S. homeland will be politically potent. But neither Biden nor the U.S. can roll back the Taliban's gains or achieve anything in Afghanistan that has not been achieved already over the past 20 years. True, Biden will suffer a political black eye from Afghanistan, and his approval rating has already fallen below 50% for the first time in the face of the Delta variant of COVID-19 and this Afghanistan debacle. In both cases, his early optimistic statements have now become liabilities, and you have to remember that Biden is already 79 years old, which will make the 2024 campaign questionable. Nevertheless, BCA believes Biden still has sufficient political capital to push through one or both of his major domestic legislative proposals by the end of the year, despite the majorities in both the House and Senate. BCA believes this Afghanistan debacle will not affect that for three primary reasons. One, the U.S. economy is likely to continue to recover despite hiccups due to lingering pandemic. Since the vaccines so far are effective, the labor market is recovering and business CapEx and government support are robust. Setbacks such as volatile consumer confidence will help Biden pass bills designed to shore up the economy. Secondly, the public fundamentally agrees with Biden and Trump on military withdrawal, as mentioned. Voters will only turn against him if a major attack reinforces an image of weakness on terrorism. A major attack based in Afghanistan is not nearly as likely to succeed as it was prior to September 11, 2001. But Biden also faces an imminent increase in tensions in the Middle East that could result in attacks on the U.S. or its allies, or other events that reinforce any image of foreign policy failure. Finally, 
And thirdly, Biden has broad popular support for his infrastructure deal, which also has bipartisan buy-in. With 19 Republican senators already having voted for it, further, the Democratic Party has a special fast-track mechanism for passing his social spending agenda. Though conviction levels must be modest on this $3.5 trillion bill, which is controversial and will have to be winnowed to pass the partisan vote in the Senate. If BCA is correct that Afghanistan will not derail Biden's legislative efforts, then it will not fundamentally affect U.S. policy or the global macro outlook. Note, however, this is a big however, that the failure of Biden's bills would be significant for both domestic and global economic and financial markets, as it would suggest that U.S. physical policy is dysfunctional even under a single-party rule and would thus help to usher back in a disinflationary context. Might Afghanistan impact the midterm elections and hence the U.S. policy setup post-2022? Not decisively, according to BCA, as Republicans are more likely than not to retake at least the House of Representatives regardless. This is a cyclical aspect of U.S. politics driven by voter turnout and other factors. Democrats are partly shielded in public opinion due to the Trump administration's attempt to pull out of foreign wars, but surely a black eye on terrorism or foreign policy would not help. Similarly, a major failure to manage the Middle East, South Asia, and the pivot to Asia-Pacific would marginally hurt the Democrats in 2024, but that's a long way off. Taking a look at the geopolitical implications from, the, from say, the view of 10,000 feet, the Taliban's reconquest of Afghanistan has very little, if any, direct significance for global financial markets, and Pakistan and India are the two major markets most likely to be directly impacted and their own geopolitical tensions will escalate as a result. Yet both equity markets have been outperforming over the course of the Taliban's military gains, and Afghanistan's impacts are indirect at best. However, the U.S. withdrawal connects with major geopolitical currents with both macro and market significance. So in looking at this, this is a human tragedy on many levels, and as long as the U.S. can pull out uh, and not have any more residual impacts from their pull out of Afghanistan, such as terrorism against the U.S. or its allies, then this may or may not impact Biden's legislative agenda, which would then impact markets negatively. You're listening to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management, and we'll be back after. When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Offices located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by 
Align Wealth Management, and welcome to our third segment that focuses on a financial planning topic that we do take a deep dive every week to get into. Uh, this weekend's financial planning topic is going to be a discussion of government benefits. Um, I know this is kind of a third rail when you talk about it, but let's call it uh, Social Security and Medicare. And this is going to be kind of a, uh, a brief overview, if you will, of what's out there and the differences between uh, Social Security benefits, Medicare benefits, the taxes that pay for these benefits, and then just a brief touch on the differences between Medicaid and Medicare as they sound the same, but they are vastly different. So let's dive in and a couple things to consider when thinking about Social Security. Um, you, you have to have 40 credits paid in to be eligible for, for Social Security. So you can get four quarters a year. You have to have around $1,600 uh, at least of quarterly earnings, or if you make, let's say, just real quick math, um, $6,500 in three months or four months, uh, even though that's one quarter, the fact you've made at least that much, you'll get four quarters worth of uh, count towards that. Uh, and you can't get any more than four quarters a year build up. But once you have 40 quarters, uh, you become eligible uh, for the Social Security retirement benefits that kind of we all know and love. Uh, Social Security can be a very and oftentimes is a complex um, area to delve into as there's a lot of misconceptions and urban myths around Social Security uh, out there. Generally speaking, uh, unless you are a um, spousal beneficiary of a deceased earner, the earliest you can start drawing is 62 for retirement. And if you do that, you permanently reduce your benefits. Uh, Roughly, it's just about 6% a year, a little bit more than that now, if you retire at, at 62. Um, so if, if your full retirement age was 66 and you started drawing at 62, you've effectively permanently reduced your benefits. And if your spouse is going to draw off your own account, especially as a survivor, their benefits by more than 24% for life. Generally speaking, a common question we get is, you know, when should, when should I start drawing Social Security? Um, the computers will tell you that unless you have a very, very, very restrictive life expectancy, that deferring Social Security helps uh, all financial planning, retirement income scenarios um, pretty much across the board there again, unless you've got kind of a couple special circumstances. Uh, in, in our private practice, we've kind of known this for years. It was really good last year when Stanford uh, ran all these scenarios and said, yes, kind of the number one thing people can do to ensure um, not running out of money and have a better retirement outcome is to defer taking your Social Security benefits as long as possible. Now, you can defer only up to age 70. And if you defer past your full retirement age, you get what's the equivalent of around 8% a year a guaranteed annual return uh, on those benefits. So there again, if your full retirement age is supposed to be 62 and you were supposed to be drawing $2,500 a year, I'm sorry, your full retirement was 66 and you were to draw $2,500 a month at age 66, that means your benefit at age 70 would be at least 
$3,400 a month, and that is 8% compounded. And it could be more and generally would be because also you get caught up for all the cost of living adjustments that would go on in that time frame from when you could have drawn at full retirement age until you began drawing at your latest possible age, which would be age 70. Uh, And keep in mind, in that same scenario, uh, if your spouse waited to full retirement age, uh, once you started drawing, uh, at a minimum, they would get half that amount, so $1,700 a month. So in that scenario, at age 70, uh, as a combined couple, you'd have $5,100 a month coming in in Social Security benefits. The survivor benefit and that portion of Social Security gets a little bit tricky. Typically, what the survivor will draw will be uh, the higher of their own paid-in amount or what their spouse's was. So in that example, $3,400 is higher than seventeen. So the widow's benefit would be $3,400 a month from the time their spouse passed away moving through the rest of retirement. A lot of the uh, sophisticated income modeling software that we use typically on average gives you the uh, gives you the number that if you wait to full retirement age to draw roughly if a male makes it past age 76 uh, you're money ahead in the game Uh, and there's certain factors that go into this and keep in mind a very sophisticated modeling software is going to take into consideration if you're married both life both life expectancies. So that dollar is not just to get the beneficiary through life. It's possibly going to be supporting a spouse as a survivor benefit for many years uh, beyond, you know, the the prime earner's death. For example, a lot of times I think ladies typically have about a four-year-plus actuarial life expectancy uh, advantage over men. And in that example, uh, waiting and, and, and deferring, um, you know, $3,400 a month for, you know, 48 months, that's $163,000, uh, which would be more than, let's say, um, probably almost $50,000 more than if the person just drew at full retirement age. And obviously it would be quite a bit more than if the person started drawing at 62. So if you take away one thing from this segment is if you start drawing early, you're not only potentially hampering your Social Security benefit, but also your surviving spouses. Secondly, if you're going to draw before your full retirement age, there are limits on the amount of income you can earn, not just make off dividends, but earn. So this is W-2 or 1099 income. Roughly right now, it's about $18,900 a year. You get into making more than that. Um, on earnings, you're getting into a lot of complicated work going back and forth with the Social Security office to get everything straightened out for you. And finally, in looking at Medicare. So Medicare is based on a whole different set of facts, and your Medicare premiums can be vastly different depending on what you make. Currently right now, if you file a joint tax return and make $176,000 or less, your Medicare premiums, which come out of your Social Security check, are around $145 uh, and and $148.50 per month, Um, $88,000 or less for individuals. Once you go over that, and this is kind of a a limit switch, which means if you're a dollar over, your premiums jump up to $207.90 a month. Uh, So, you know, that, that, and these premiums go all the way up to $504.90 a month if you make more than $750,000 on a married filing jointly return or half a million on individual turn. 
And this is all income. So this is different than the Social Security test. This is every bit of income. So if you're retired and you sell the farm or sell a big asset, always do the math for your Medicare premiums. So one, you know if you're close to the line, you you can make adjustments. But two, at least you are uh, full and fairly disclosed as to what might be coming down the pike as far as higher premiums. And finally, Medicare is health insurance paid for from the government uh, that you've paid in through taxes. Medicaid is a state program for people uh, in less fortunate circumstances. So there is a huge difference between Medicare and Medicaid, and don't use those uh, terms interchangeably because they don't often work. But though they sound the same, kind of like tomato, potato. You're listening to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and this is the email bag segment of our show where we answer your questions that you've sent in and go through those with you. Questions have to do with nursing home rules um, as it pertains to Medicaid. Uh, These are very complex questions, and I recommend you sit down and work with a certified financial planner and elder law um, attorney with regards to this as states are different in each, our states have different Medicaid rules, um, and just crossing the river or crossing the border could have uh, massive, massive impact on your, on your situation. Keep in mind, there's no such thing as kind of a free lunch when it pertains to nursing home and, and Medicaid rules. So therefore, you know, everything that's done, you need to make sure you're doing it within the um, confines of what the laws of each state allow, and as always, planning in the future instead of planning at the last minute will give you a greater amount of flexibility. First and foremost, if you plan with enough time, Medicaid may not even be enter the discussion as you may be able to obtain private insurance or some form of private payment uh, from your asset base or businesses or other items that you may own. 
Tragically, though, most items when it pertains to Medicaid planning only go into effect when a loved one has become very ill or is facing cognitive issues that can linger for quite some time. A competent uh, elder law or, or certified financial planner can help navigate the myriad rules and laws around this type of planning. Keep in mind, as, as a word to the wise, if it sounds too good to be true, typically it always is, and any decision you make with regards to Medicaid planning, there will be pros and cons, and there could be lingering offsets. Make sure that you look at everything from a standpoint of not just what is happening now, but also what may happen to dollars in the future due to Medicaid planning. Now, one thing to also remember is you want to look at what's the quality of care being offered and how much uh, care is available in any certain area. There again, doing your due diligence on the front end can let you know which facilities take what forms of payment and how many beds are available for different forms of payment in your area. Also now, it's not uncommon for facilities to specialize in different types of care, such as memory care, cognitive impairments. And if your loved one is facing um, those types of issues, it does make more sense to get them into a facility that treats those items specifically as they would see those on a day-to-day -day basis and not kind of a one-off situation. So Medicare planning or Medicaid planning, I should say, is very, very, very um, slippery slope to get in. Use a professional and work with those professionals to try to set something up long on the front end instead of rushing around on the back end. You've been listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Lion Wealth Management. Try to get out to some of the high school games. The big St. X Owensboro game is tonight. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back same time, same station next week. This is WOMI Owensboro, 99.1 FM and 1490 AM. Translator W256CF, a Town Square media station. This is what Afghans are trying to flee. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. I'm sure that uh, the Taliban will kill you because you're a, you a journalist and so you're a woman. Journalists and Afghans who helped the U.S. in the war keep trying to get out. The U.S. has evacuated nearly 6,000 people in the last 24 hours. But as thousands more remain at Kabul's airport, the Taliban's not allowing some Americans and Afghans to travel to Kabul. Congressman Brad Wenstrup wants the U.S. to go get them. We do extract people from dangerous situations. We have done that repeatedly throughout our history as a military. The Republican just asked on Fox. Why aren't we doing that? President Biden in three hours will give us an update on the situation. We don't know if he's going to take any questions. If he does, someone may ask about the warning from State Department diplomats in Kabul that the Afghan government would fall quickly after U.S. troops withdraw. The cable was dated July 13th, and it constitutes the clearest proof that the administration had been warned by its officials on the ground that the Afghan military may not be able to hold off the Taliban. Fox's Jackie Heinrich at the White House. With new COVID cases topping 100,000 yet again and more than 3,000 deaths the past three days. The U.S. is again extending a travel ban that was supposed to expire tomorrow. Fox's Rachel Sutherland has the tales live. 
Dave, the Homeland Security Department is putting the brakes on all non-essential travel at the borders of Canada and Mexico for another month. The restrictions were set to go uh, to expire tomorrow, as you said. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says the U.S. is continuing to ensure the flow of essential trade and travel. U.S. citizens can cross into Canada with uh, proof of vaccination. The Biden administration said working groups are studying easing travel restrictions and are looking at a vaccine requirement to enter the United States. Dave. Rachel San Francisco joins New York and New Orleans requiring people to prove they're vaccinated starting today to go out to eat or to the movies or other indoor activities. America's listening to Fox News. Oh, according to research, 82% of people remember radio ads. That means that 82% of you listening right now will remember that this is an ad for ZipRecruiter. If you're hiring, 82% of you will recall that ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier. And 82% of you will note that you can try ZipRecruiter for free today. But you have to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Yes, free. 82% of you will keep in mind that ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified people for your job and actively invites them to apply. Is that you? Who are you talking to? 82% of you will also know that I, um, live with my mom. But the most important thing to note is that ZipRecruiter works. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Will you be part of the 82% who remember where you can try ZipRecruiter for free? It's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Again, that exclusive link is ZipRecruiter.com slash free. How much? Free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Stock futures have been falling all morning, but now when you look at Wall Street, stocks are on the rise. Fox's Lillian Wu monitoring the markets and more live here in New York. We're seeing some buying at the end of a tough week uh, with the Dow up about 150 points right now. The S&P's gained 20 and NASDAQ is flat, even though some big tech companies are driving gains today. They include NVIDIA. Uh, Microsoft and Apple energy companies among the big losers today, as well as something that's not even being traded, a uh, baseball card company Tops. It struck out on its deal to launch today. Now that Major League Baseball and its players union are ending their deal with Tops, Dave. Lillian, the price of oil today is down a little. It's back to about 63 bucks a barrel. Gas down a fraction again. Triple A's national average for regulars now 317 per gallon. A big step for the Boy Scouts in the Scoutmaster sexual abuse scandal. Judge Lori Selber Silverstein allows the Boy Scouts of America to reorganize and implement an $850 million settlement plan, which could allow the Scouts to exit bankruptcy by the end of 2021. Since filing for bankruptcy last year, the Scouts pledged to come compensate survivors of abuse within its ranks. Local councils are supportive of the settlement, but insurers say those representing abuse claims, tens of thousands of them, had too much input in the process. The judge did not okay the scouts paying claimants' lawyers' legal fees and also rejected an insurance company's plan to pay into a fund to be let out of liability. Gerdahl Scott, Fox News. People from New York to New England are eyeing a possible hurricane, which Tropical Storm Henri could grow into today. Find out if you're in a storm surge evacuation zone. You can go to your county website. It's right there. Dennis Falcon of the National Hurricane Center. Henri could hit on Sunday. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.